Hi friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm TJ. And I'm Courtney. And you are listening to another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. Oof, I messed that up. Podcast. Woo! <laughs> We're so happy that you're here. Um, it's another another uh, another happy Sunday recording. Um, we, lo- we love recording on Sundays. It's super fun. Courtney, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about a movie called... <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, I thought it was a, a nice splash in the past, but not necessarily the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it was very, um, very okay, to say the least. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than she did. I like nostalgic things. I like things that, uh, it was 1989, right? 1989, yes. Yeah, so it had um, a lot of nostalgia stuff, which was nice, um, but uh, CGI was lacking for sure. Um in the in the in the era of modern Marvel movies, um, it's kind of hard to watch an ant that is more poorly animated than the ants in a bug's life. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact: I'm just reading this. Um, this movie was actually an unexpected box office success, and it held the record for the highest grossing live-action Disney film of all time for five years. Yeah, it's actually super popular. That's what I kept telling you last night because um, she wasn't really having a good time watching it. I definitely enjoyed it more than she did. Uh, this movie was super famous when it came out. I remember watching it growing up as a kid and like everyone loved it. Like, loved it, loved it. Um, but you got to put yourself back in the 80s, like in 89, early 90s. Like, this, I mean, this would have been okay. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It didn't keep my attention. Yeah, she had a hard It was time. very boring to me. It was very blah. I didn't love it. But yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's not... Not not everyone's going to like everything. Yeah, we've said this before. We just honestly haven't come by a movie up until uh, Robin Hood was the first one that I don't think Courtney really enjoyed either. But um, we're going to be real. And if one of us doesn't like the movie, we're going to say it. Um, we love Disney movies, but not every Disney movie is going to be our favorite. So... Um, we're still going to talk about this one and talk about all the cool stuff in it. But Courtney's just going to be a little blah because she doesn't like it. Okay. <laughs> all right, why don't you kick us up with the plot? Okay. All right, cool. Go. Quirky scientist and inventor Wayne, how do you say the last name? Szyzlinski. 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 Has been designing a ray gun machine capable of shrinking and growing objects, but cannot, he can't get it to work properly. His obsession with the machine worries his hardworking wife, Diane, teenage daughter, Amy, and aspiring inventor son, Nick. Next door, Big Russ Thompson and his wife, May, and their younger son, Ron, are preparing for a fishing trip. Their elder son, Little Russ, is a little less than enthusiastic. Um, as his interests often clash with his father. Shortly after Wayne leaves for a conference, uh, Ron accidentally hits a baseball through the Slesinski's attic window and into the machine, turning it on and blocking its targeting laser. Caught by his brother, Ron is forced to confess to the Slesinski kids. Ron and Nick enter the attic to retrieve the ball and clean up the mess, and the activated machine shrinks them. Amy and Little Russ suffer the same... I'm just going to call him uh, Russ, not Little Russ. Amy and Russ suffer the same fate when they go searching for their siblings. They're all shrunk. Yeah. All four of them. Um, At his conference, Wayne is laughed off the stage for failing to provide proof that his machine works. He enters the attic upon returning home. The shrunken children try to get his attention, but their voices are only loud enough to be heard by the family dog, Quark. 
Is that his name? Quark? Quark, yeah. Quark. 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 It's like quack, but with an R instead of yeah, a C. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of throwing me quirk. off. Like, like, Not uh, quark, because it's like quirk, but with an A, so it's quark. But I thought they were saying Clark. I thought they were saying quirk, so. Okay, I don't Continue. Know. Who knows? Already frustrated, Wayne discovers the broken window and snaps, repeatedly striking the machine. He sweeps the debris along with the kids into a dustpan and trash bag. The four manage to escape, only to discover that the trash bag is now at the curb. They must make their way back home through the overgrown backyard. Meanwhile, the Thompson and Selinsky parents become uneasy at their children's absence. May and Big Russ, Russ's father, cancel their fishing trip and file a missing persons report with the police. Wayne eventually pieces together what happened, um, but accidentally activates some uh, sprinklers while searching the yard. As a res- the yard, as a result, Amy nearly drowns in a mud puddle, but uh, Russ dives in to pull her out and revive her with rescue breaths. Um, Wayne eventually reveals the truth to Diane, and she joins in the search. Later, she convinces Wayne to share the information with the Thompsons, but they remain skeptical. The kids feast on one of Nick's discarded oatmeal cream pie cookies and use a crumb to capture a friendly Voyager ant, naming it Auntie. And it and they ride it towards the house. It's really cute. It is actually um, as night falls, the group takes shelter in a Lego piece. Amy and Russ begin expressing feelings for one another, and they even share a kiss. Wild. Wild. Because the whole time in the beginning, she is mad because she is supposed to meet another boy. She has a school dance, and another boy is supposed to, she's supposed to go to the mall later, and he's going to ask her to the dance. But now she's small and she can't make it to the mall. So she's mad. So she's mad. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But her, but and, her and Russ are cute. Her and Russ are cute, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, they spend the whole day together, realize they have feelings, and share a kiss. Um, the kids are later attacked by a scorpion, but Auntie, at the cost of his own life, helps them to drive the scorpion away. Super sad. Auntie dies. It it's actually sad. really sad. The next morning, Nick's friend Tommy arrives to mow the lawn. Um, earlier in the movie, um, Nick had, uh, they have a remote controlled lawnmower. So Nick uh, was trying to talk Tommy into mowing the lawn, and Tommy's like, no, that's lame. And he's like, it's remote controlled. It basically shows him how it works. Tommy's like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. He's like, I'll come back later today or tomorrow and do it. Um, so Tommy arrives to mow the lawn. The kids are forced to seek shelter in an earthworm tunnel, barely escaping the vortex caused by the mower, which Wayne and Diane shut off just in time. The kids hitch a ride on Quark and enter the house, but Nick falls into Wayne's bowl of Cheerios and is nearly eaten. Quark bites um, Wayne's ankle to get his attention because, like we said before, he can hear them screaming, but um, his uh, dog's ears are way better than human ears, so he can yeah. hear them screaming like, no, no, no. So he knows what's going on. He can, like, kind of figure it out. Um, he discovers the kid's presence, uh, Wayne does, and uh, works to repair the machine. Both families meet in the attic and the Kids use charades to inform Wayne that the baseball blocked the laser, which previously overheated targets and caused them to explode. Wayne corrects the problem, and Big Russ volunteers as a test subject. The test is successful, and he and the kids are later restored to their original sizes. Months later, at Thanksgiving, the Selenskys and Thompsons have become good friends and are toasting over an enlarged turkey. So cool. I actually like the ending because um, you can tell, like, I mean, you can tell it's like the main thing. It's like the, the two families, the two families definitely don't, um, 
they don't get along. Like they never have gotten along. They think each other is weird. Yeah. Like the one family, like like Big Russ and his wife, they think that like. Not even the wives. Like, the wives actually seem to get along. It's the, it's the two husbands. Like, they just, like, one's like, oh, he's a weird scientist. The other guy's like, he's like a freaking weirdo that, like, likes to go on RVs and fish and stuff. It's like, they both have just, they're just strange. Yeah. They're really, really strange. Um, I know you kind of already shared this, but initial thoughts about this movie. Uh, try to keep it as positive as possible. Um, okay. I mean... I am... Here's my positive thought. Okay. I'm thankful that both moms care about their family and their kids' well-beings. Yeah. Well, this was in the peak of the the idiot father era of television, okay? Gotcha. So, So check this out. The Simpsons came out in the 80s, like early 80s or late 80s. And Family Guy comes out in the very, very early 90s. Or no, maybe 2000. No, I think 90s. Okay. Anyways, you have Homer Simpson, Idiot Father, Peter Griffin, Idiot Father. Then American Dad kind of follows the same thing. Okay. And and you have Stan, who's also um, Idiot Father, right? Like you got Francine holding the house together. You've got Lois holding the house together. You've got Marge Simpson holding. It's like this whole era of like the 80s, 90s, early 2000s had that motif of the, 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 the belligerent, you know, idiot father who you know works and has a job and they live in the suburbs or whatever but he's always not he's just kind of not ever quite doing things right he doesn't care about his family as much as he should have he focuses on the wrong things like he wants to go fishing with his kids right uh big russ does but it's for him it's selfish like he doesn't want to he only wants to fish with them because he wants to fish yeah exactly now at the end though i mean i'm gonna give it to them we're you know we'll 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 probably get into this a little bit more as we go through the more things they kind of reconcile and he realizes he's wrong and he's the one that says hey Shrink me. I care enough about my family to shrink me. So that's the cool thing, right? You have the idiot father, but he redeems himself. And the same thing with with Wayne, the uh, the scientist's father. He's just so focused on his stupid project that he doesn't even realize that, like, his wife's, like, she's not, I don't think. I think she's on, like, the verge of, like, leaving. Because you you can tell, like, Amy's old enough to understand, like. Oh, she knows. She, Amy knows what's happening. Nick's kind of still in that, like, ignorance is bliss phase. But he's kind of like, when's mom coming back? Yeah, like, she, he recognizes that she's gone, but, like, not, doesn't know enough or pays attention enough to, like, know why he's just still kind of like in his own like childhood world right um and he looks up to his dad he wants to be a scientist yeah. too so but amy's old enough to recognize like hey mom's been gone for a few days probably because dad's being an idiot like yeah and not paying attention to literally anyone or anything but his work yeah. um which isn't okay and she even asked when she sees her mom like are you and dad okay? Like, is everything okay? Yeah. Like, cause she's worried about them, their marriage and their family. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. No, that's great. That's great insight. That's exactly what I saw too. That's really good. Courtney. Um, so the motifs there, I liked them. Um, they kind of make me sad though. Cause like, I feel like this is just me maybe being, um, sensitive or insecure, but I feel like that, that men like as husbands, kind of get a bad rap but i feel like that men in the last 20 years have come a long way like i'm a much i'm a much different husband and hopefully when we have kids father than my dad was right like he comes from a different era as me and my dad did a great job raising me and my siblings but like i just think differently right? like i'm more sensitive i'm aware of things more and i feel like, I, like you know you you have times in history where 
that's not the case. And I feel like that um, this movie kind of really showed the glaring things of like the father just meaning well in a lot of ways, but just like not getting it. Yeah, I actually like feel like we're kind of like as a society, like we were on this almost like peak of like divorce is bad, like families stay together, like all this thing, all these things. And then we kind of go through this valley of the divorce, 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 divorce. portrayed idiot fathers and yeah. absent dads or absent yeah. moms and um, just broken homes and broken families. But now we're kind of on this upswing, I, at least from my perspective as a society, where like we have the tools and the resources to be better than our parents before us. Yeah, because we can look at... Because I feel like we're in a place as a society where it's like we came from this... Like, we started out as, like, no divorce. Divorce is bad. We have to stay together. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, sometimes... Hot take. Sometimes staying together isn't always what's best for your family. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So it's like... Then we kind of went through this thing where knowing, like... Even though, like, having a quote-unquote, like, bro- un- or a broken home, like, isn't necessarily always a great perception of your family from, like, for the outside world, like, sometimes that's what's best for your family, and you're, like, learning that sometimes the happiness and the well-being of your family is more important than staying together as a family, you know what I mean? And so, but it's almost like we got in, like, this complacent place of, like, there's a little issue, and it's like, well, if that, I'm just gonna get divorced. That, well, that's what. That's what. That's what and so yeah, yeah, now, then everyone's like, all divorced, and there's broken homes everywhere. And then, oh, it's because I'm divorced, I don't have to care about my kids anymore. My ex-spouse will take care of the kids. Right, like, right, right. But now, like, we're in a place where it's like we're kind of realizing the statistics and like the cause and effect of like being that way, and we have the resources to be better. And so we need, we're like striving to be better. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. So here's what I saw from that. And you hit the nail on the head. Um, what I saw um, as you were explaining that and even a little bit like thinking about it after watching the movie is you have this like, you know, early 1800s, 1900s, like divorce, very bad. You don't divorce. Uh, even as recently as like way older times, if you divorced or were in, as a woman, if you were. Uh, I feel like probably into like, I don't. I'm not, like, super historical, but I feel like even to, into, like, the 50s, 60s, 70s, like... That's what I was going to get into, yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep You're going. Um, it was akin to, like... I mean, it was adultery. Like, you couldn't break up, and then, God forbid, you get with somebody else. Like, it was just awful. And then you get in the 60s and 70s, and what you basically had then is, is you just had people cheating on each other, but nobody getting divorced, right? You just had, like, a lot of... It was, it was just bad. And then... Around the late 70s, early 80s, and 90s, divorce began to run rampant because what divorce basically became was a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. And so there were instances where people were in real abusive relationships and cheating and infidelity was happening and drugs and alcohol abuse was happening. And I don't talk about... I'm not talking about having a couple beers after work and, like, you know, whatever. I'm talking, like, drinking, beating your wife, like, bad things. And, and so basically there were people that had good reason to get out of relationships but people started using it as a get out of jail free card it was like oh i'm just not happy anymore well are you not happy or did the relationship just get hard and now you and, leave and you're running away and from you're running away from it right so 
like I said, like I'm with you. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. I'm a, I'm actually a big um, supporter of not staying in abusive relationships. Obviously, like, but even if the relationship just isn't going to be what's best, most beneficial for your family, I think that you should move away from it. Yeah. But, but yeah, it became a get out of jail free card. Then you're absolutely right. What's happening now is, is we're swinging back into that. Like, wait a minute. Like, marriage is really important, and like, look what it's doing to our kids when we when we divorce. Like, look what it's doing to society because kids are. It, it's it's proven. It's it's a proven thing. I don't want to really Google the statistics, but you can Google them. The children, when you look at the statistics, are way better off. They do better in school. They do better in college. They're more successful in life, no matter what race, gender, whatever. When they come from a two parent home. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked at the statistics, but I believe that. Yeah. Like, that's something that I... It's more than likely... Like, that just makes sense in my brain. Yeah. And it's like... Even I think about people in our lives where... Like, that we're friends with or that we have relationships with that maybe... Their kids do come from a two-parent home, but that two-parent home that they come from... Like, is it their actual, like, biological mom and dad? Sometimes no. Like, yeah, like, you come from a two-parent home, but you didn't come for a while. You were kind of bounced back and forth between your mom and dad, and then yeah. your stepmom stepped in, and that's the two-parent home that you lived in was your your mom or your stepmom and your dad. Yep. And you, you've grown in... Nine up until... Yeah, you've grown into a super successful, like, knowledgeable... I don't know, you're... Productive member of society. Exactly. Like, you're emotionally intelligent. You're actually intelligent. Like, I mean, as far as, like... Oh, thanks, babe. You're, like, book smart, but you're street smart. You know what I mean? And it's hard to, like, get all of that in one. And, like, even I look at... Same thing. I look at people in our lives who have kids, and their kids are turning into successful people in society... And they come from a two-parent home, but sometimes that second parent is not always their biological parent, and that's okay. Huge. I love that. Like... I love that. I feel like... I don't know, and I don't... I don't know. I have, I have, another, I have another thing to add to that, though. Um, a two-parent home... Like, here's the cool thing, and we... we uh, you see this sometimes too. What I love seeing is two people that say, hey, we can't, we can't be together anymore. It's bad for the kids if we're together. But they still co-parent really well. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is actually that. When I think of like um, having uh, both parents, like I think that counts. Like even though yeah, you're going, you're bouncing back and forth between mom and dad's house. But if those two parents can still say, "Listen, we are toxic for each other, but we love our kids, and we still." I think there's a major difference when people can come together and have a mutual understanding yes. and respect for one another. Yes. You don't have to love each other. You don't have to stay married. You don't have to live together. But if your kids can understand that you have a mutual understanding and respect for each other, they are going yes. to be obviously not as st- statistics scientist person or like you know some like profound professor but like I just feel like if your kids can see what a mutual respect and understanding you have for the other parent whether you're together or not like they're going to be more successful and that's to say even if you are with someone and you guys have kids together but you live in the same household but you don't have that mutual understanding and respect for each other your kids probably this is going to be a little harsh, but like probably aren't going to be as successful as people that come from 
homes where there is that mutual respect and understanding of each other. A thousand percent. Like, I think I look at the movie we did with your parents, which I love that we did it with them, uh, The Santa Claus. Yeah. With, um, both parents involved. Um, obviously, dad was a little bit of a poop head at first, but then he came around. They're going to be separated. Like, they, they don't, the parents just stay separated. But, like, they're both yeah. involved in the kid's life. Um, I, I like using movies as examples because movies are, like, rose-washed versions of reality, or they can be really, like, like dark-washed. Like extremes. They're extremes, which I like extremes because extremes show a good example. Like this movie was one of those things where at the end, both fathers came around. And then, yeah. then you know what was cool about it? Is not only did they come around, then they became friends with their neighbors. And then like, not to, I hate this word. I hate it so much, but it's a good word. Community, right? They became like a community. Like they, they went from just being neighbors. They just kind of like. Thought like, each other was weird and out there. Yeah, they're, they're literally having Thanksgiving dinner together. Yeah. And their kids are friends now. And it's like. Look at that. When dad, when you, when you, when you, when you're a dad, and you start being involved in your family's life, and you're just like, hey, stop being a poop head to the neighbor. Like, there are look neighbor. what can happen. Right. That's what. Yeah. It's it's so cool. Uh, we kind of tangented there, but I thought that that was a great little little blurb there about um, even though Courtney and I know nothing of the separate oh, yeah. factors of marriage. Um, Literally, don't have kids. Don't have. Yeah. I mean, we're not you know we're not divorced or separated. We're like you, happily married, living together. So take what we say with a grain of salt. This is just you're the. Happy. I'm just kidding. Okay. Anyway. Wait, you're take- getting paid? No. <laughs> you know that meme where it's... <laughs> okay. Continue. Anyway, just... No, but we, we see a lot. Knowing that we don't have kids, obviously we have pets, but not the same. I understand that. Yes, please don't at us. But we're happily married, not separated or divorced or anything like that but this is just what we've seen from the experience we've had in our own lives the things we've seen through our friends life or even our own parents lives like well yeah because like you touched on mine but like you come from a two-parent home i do come from a two-parent home but neither of my parents came from two-parent homes right which is yeah which is wild like they i it's a phrase that i think is powerful and like they quotations like they broke the cycle and your parents are like a really inspiring um they're very very inspiring to me as like when i look at marriage because like they have they've been through a lot yeah you guys as a family have been through a lot like when i met you guys y'all were going through a tough season and um but you guys are like so resilient and they're so resilient and they're so loving to each other they're so intentional like they still go on dates like you're you're like your parents we say it all the time we say like you're so cute like your parents are just cute yeah like they're just they're just a vibe we got dinner with them on friday yeah it was like we had the best time yeah you know like i love that you have that relationship with your parents and i have that with them now that they're like they're not just family they're friends too yeah. Like my family, like I love them. Um, my sister Angela, I'd say her and I are friends and me and Kim are friends for sure. But like when my parents, like they're my parents, you know, like that's the relationship I have with them. Like my And dad, that's okay. That's okay. I love him and he loves me. We have great conversations and honestly, every now and then he gives me some advice and I'm just like, dang, that's like, the, I need to use that. That's like really good. My dad's very wise. He's older. He's in his eighties. Um, but him and I just have like a very different relationship, but. I, and that's okay. I actually told one of my friends earlier this week that like. Everyone in your life doesn't have to be your friend. Including family. Not everyone in your... Okay. And not everyone in your life has to be an acquaintance or a friend. Not every friend or acquaintance in your life has to be in your, like, inner super close circle. And that's okay. Dude, superficial friends can be the best. And and they kind of know their place. And you know, like, the people that you just, like, work with. And you might casually get a drink after work with. And you're like, you don't know any deep aspects of my life. But, like, I like you. And you like me. 
I don't really trust you enough to tell you my deepest, darkest secrets, but that's okay. Yeah, and I think I think it's okay to have those superficial friendships and be like, I don't really know you on a super deep level, but I enjoy your presence in my life and like I'm still going to be for you. And if that leads to something deeper down the road, great. If this is, if we stay superficial for a year or two and then you disappear with my life, I think I'm kind of okay with that too. Like it's okay to have people in your life that, I don't know. No, yeah, you're right. I I actually have a friend that pops into my head. We hung out a lot. I actually have two friends, but I'll, I'll do the first one. When I was probably from the age of like 17, 18 to probably 22, he hung out with me, Richard, Matt, and the whole gang. I had like a whole group. Like there was like 20 of us that all like, we just regularly did things. Yeah. But he was in the inner circle. Like it was me, him, and Richard, and um, Matt would do things together all the time. Yeah. Like that was like the group. So even if nobody else wanted to hang out, like we'd go on, we'd, you know, light a fire up out in the pasture at my parents' old place, and we'd go get like sneak, you know, a 12-pack of beer, and we would hang out. Yeah. And so he was like, and he was, we were so close. And to this day, like we've tried, I actually need to reach out to him, honestly. We've tried to reconnect, uh, but just like college started and I got really busy and then he went away for a while uh, for some, and he came back and like we still, every randomly he'll message me on Facebook or I'll message him like, dude, I miss you. Like we, we were so close and I still feel a closeness to him, but it's just like life just happens, you know? And you just, I don't like to use the words drift apart, but like it just kind of happens. Like you just... You still love that person. Like, when I think of him, I have the most pleasant memories, you know? Yeah, like, I even have friends with that I was friends with in, like, elementary, middle school, high school that it's, I think it's different for me because I moved when I was in high school, in the middle of high school. So it's like, I quite literally drifted away from our home location. So, like... I literally, there was physical distance in space, but, and it did change my friendships, but it doesn't change the fact that even though we might not be close now, or we might not talk as much now, there are like probably like three or four people that like on, I don't know, probably a monthly basis, maybe even sometimes a yearly basis, I'll reach out and just see if they're doing okay. And like... I'm still, like, even though we're not close, like, I love being able to cheer them on from afar and, like, seeing them on social media. And, like, even, like, if I catch up with them once a year, like, it's, like... Yeah, that's good. I'm still for this person. I still love this person. I still care about this person. They're just as, like, some actual, like, physical distance. Like, now I live 1,200 miles away. And, obviously, we're not going to be getting drinks and dinner multiple times a week. Right. And, like, hanging out all the time. But I can still, like cheer them on from afar and like you know what I mean so I love that um I think it's silly when you say that because this is the person that I've spent the most time with um that lives far away this year friend but I think of like Ben in Austin oh yeah like they they are people that like they you know we obviously met Austin through Ben but we love Ben and like I've only met him I think I only hung out with him three times twice in Daytona and then he came here once no, he came, then, he came here twice. Lewis. No, he, he came, came here twice. He came here twice. You're right. He came here twice. Like, he's literally stayed at our house, and TJ's met him, like, whether twice. Like, like, yeah, literally. But, like, he's just that but, kind of friend. But, and we get along, and, like, him and I, it's so funny, because, like, Austin um, comes with him, and Austin, um, they're, they're really good friends. And he, Austin and Courtney, um, I think oh, no, I'm sorry. Austin and, Austin and me are more like, I mean, we drink, but, like, 
when Ben and Courtney get together, they just get crazy. Oh, wow. I met Ben in college, yeah. and he we both cheered on the same cheer team. He was my stunt partner. He was my back spot. Like, They're close. They, he, they trust each other. We trust each other a lot. He's seen me at some of my literally, like... See, she, he's seen her in her she can't hang moments. I and my darkest, <laughs> scariest, like weakest, even like my most, I want to say embarrassing moments. Like there was a time I remember where my dorm was probably a two-minute walk from one of our other teammates houses he the teammate lived off campus there was like railroad tracks that dictated almost like on campus and off campus and so we were running to our teammates house and I had I don't know I don't know why I didn't pee or go to the bathroom before I left my dorm room. Sorry, this story is going way deeper than I thought it was going to go. Okay, this is just hilarious. Okay, this is just a funny story. Okay. Um, I actually do this a lot. Whenever I have to pee, I don't actually pee. I like wait until I'm about to literally pee my pants until I pee. I lecture her about it all the time. I get like physically enraged when I have to pee and I can't pee. So I really should just pee when I feel the urge to pee the first time and not wait. And suppress the feeling for like 30 minutes. Not good for my bladder or my body. Or for me. because you get For anyone, me. for my emotions. But here we are. I know it's a problem. I'm self-aware. I get it. But I still do it. Just leave me alone, okay? Um, but I literally, we were running. I think I was eating like Snickers or something. Two at the time. I had Snickers in my pocket or something. I don't know why I remember Snickers. I quite literally tripped over the train tracks and peed my pants. So like I just So when I say Ben is someone who's Quite literally seen me At my lowest most embarrassing Darkest moments Oh man He's literally been there You know So funny Yeah Ben I'm sorry you had to see that I haven't even witnessed something like that Um, she's She's matured a lot since then Um you know what? I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were talking about just relationships and things like that. We okay. derailed a lot. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk, well, let's about, talk about the movie. So, favorite character. I can go first if you want me to. Or you can go first. I don't think I have a favorite character. I actually really like Amy a lot. I think she's like the best actor in the movie. Um, I feel really bad for May. May is uh, Big Russ's wife. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for her too. I actually really... She didn't get introduced to later. I like... Who's the um, the Selinsky's... Um, the wife. Diane. I like her too. I like both wives a lot. May, Di- you know what? The women kind of carry this movie. I like Amy, Diane, and um, May. And I but like the dog and the aunt. I think the auntie and Quark are my favorite characters overall. But I, as far as human beings, I think Amy is my favorite. With I the- don't think I like any of the humans. All right, Courtney. <laughs> um, least favorite character. <laughs> Big rest. Yeah. Zero out of ten. Yeah, I would say zero out of ten. I'd say negative five out of ten. All right, Courtney. He 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 gets better at the end. He sacrifices himself. Um, my least favorite character is the scorpion who kills Auntie. Oh my heart. That was the only part of the movie I was like. Ah. That was so loud and dramatic. I, I just did not like the Auntie had to die. Like, what did he do? He just tried to help them. So sad. Not, nah, but the scorpion that killed Auntie is my least favorite character. Okay. 
Um, favorite scene. <laughs> favorite scene. Okay, this isn't my favorite scene, but I think it's the funniest scene when um, the cops, they go to the Thompson's house. Yeah. And they get back in their car and they're like, oh, another missing child report. Oh, it's right next door. And they go. And um, Wayne had just told Diane that he shrunk them and they're actually missing in the backyard. And well, he said, where are your kids at? And he's like, they're in the backyard. And she literally faints. Yeah, because he had just told her that he had shrunk them. And the cops just look at each other and they're like, okay. Because he has this weird, like, contraption on his head. And it just is... It's hilarious, it, honestly. That seemed to make us both actually laugh. Like, it's, like I laughed. I actually LOL'd. Yeah, like, you got the, the cops are just like... And then he, like, closes the door in their face and they just walk away. They just look at each other like, okay. <laughs> Like, 30 seconds before, he had literally just told Diane, Wayne had, that he had shrunk the kids. Like, which is the whole plot of the whole movie. Like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Like, that's the name of the movie. So, basically, you get to that point where he's like, honey, I shrunk... Open that seltzer. Yeah. He said... Okay. He said, honey, <laughs> he said, honey, I shrunk the kids. And then, like, she's processing it. And then, right after he tells her, the police knock on the door. And then he opens it. And then and then he's... He just told her that he shrunk them in there in the backyard because he could see that they got out of the bag or whatever. And the cops are like... Do you know where your kids are? And like he's like, yeah, they're in the backyard. And, and she just fades. falls backwards, and you're like, okay, it's that a hole. So um, I don't know. Maybe this movie is better than we thought it was. That one scene redeemed it. Um, I think. It's nah, fun. I'd still give it a zero out of ten. I I like it. Where I would watch it again. I um, uh-huh. it's a good background movie. I think that that's up there for my favorite scene. I think my favorite scene though are like all the ones when they're in the grass. I love the idea of like. The like being shrunk down and being an ant and like the world of like how you know we just walk on grass like it's nothing right but yeah to them it's a jungle like they kept mentioning it like it's a jungle like it's it's lush and full and it's i don't know i just love the idea of it i i always loved the bug's life because of that like i was kind of obsessed with that thing of like the world of a bug's life where like you throw a juice box on the ground and it becomes a house for them like they can you know what i mean yeah they they literally try to they sleep in a lego they yeah exactly sleep in a lego like i love that they use whenever the raindrops come or the the water droplets from the sprinklers and it like forms this like mini lake or mini pond they use they literally almost use the blades of grass as a slide yeah they do use it as a slide like a water slide yeah and so it's like literally a jungle to them like even the ant is almost like a wild horse or like some wild bull they can ride, you know? Yeah, no, no, it, it, it definitely has like that. Like, well, at first it has like that, what the same thing, like a mountain lion, if you encounter it in the wild would be like, it's dangerous, but then like they tame it or they don't tame it. They just kind of like lure it with food. What's and then- funny too, is that um, at the beginning of the movie, because the mom isn't there, Amy makes breakfast and she burns the whole breakfast. And so you kind of like, Nick kind of like sneaks these oatmeal cream pies and throughout the movie. He does. And then it just is like funny that that's what they find to eat in the middle of the so yard. I'm so happy to find it. They're like ecstatic. Like, oh, thank God we found this. Yeah, no, for sure. I uh, I thought that was funny too. I, um, that's why Amy's like my favorite character too. I think that she, or she's up there. I, I like the opening scene where she's like on the phone with her friends making plans to go out, right? She's cooking breakfast because the mom's gone, because Diane's gone. Amy's like, 
she's taking care of business. Like, yeah, the house is still a mess. She could do a better job of cleaning the house and stuff. But, like, she's, like, making plans with her friends to go to the mall, making breakfast for her brother. But she also is, like, almost reminding... I don't know who she's talking to the phone to the phone on or... I don't even remember the exact conversation, but I remember her almost being, like... Well, I can't... Almost, like, I couldn't stay she couldn't stay out too late or she couldn't go do something because she had to stay home and take care of her brother yeah take care of nick because her mom's still gone and her dad had a conference and her dad had a conference and all this stuff so, so it's she like could go to the mall but she couldn't stay super long because she had to come back and take care of nick yeah and so it was just like it made me i don't know i just think it's very relatable because if you do come from a one-parent home or you do come from a Maybe you come from a two-parent home where your parents are working all the time and, like, you're that older sibling that has to take care of business and has to do everything. Yeah. Like, I... is relatable in that sense. Yeah. And it's almost, like... Almost, like, disheartening a little because, like, she's trying to be a kid, but she also has to play mom, and, like, she has no business playing mom. No, no, she doesn't. Um, but it's, like, sweet that she cares enough about her brother to make sure she, he's taken care of, too. Because throughout the whole movie, you'll even... Like, she's like, Nikki, Nikki, like, where are you? Are you okay? Like, don't do that. You're allergic to this, or this is going to hurt you. Like, yes. she cares a lot about her brother. She does. She does. And she tries her best to take really good care of him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that she definitely has to, like... She grew, she's grown up way too fast, for sure. And, um, yeah, I agree with you there a lot. And that's what made me really like Amy a lot. Like, she just seems like she's very mature for her age. She's got her crap together. And um, she's trying really hard to yeah. like, keep the family going with mom being gone. Yeah. Least favorite scene. Least favorite scene. Any scene with Big Russ. Really? He just is... He's the worst. Okay, here's actually my least favorite scene with him is when he, well, first of all, May, like, their friends pull up in their RV. They're going fishing with their friends, right? They pull up in the RV, and May is like, we can't go. The kids are missing. You have to tell them the truth on why we can't go. And he literally lies and blames it on her. He does. The worst. He does, yeah. And then he comes in and he is mad because he's losing $80. But his two kids are missing. To be fair, $80 in 1989 is a lot more money than now. But continue. I don't care. Like, you have two children and they are missing. You have no idea what has happened to them, where they are. And all you care about is losing your $80 deposit on your fishing trip. Like... That kind of stuff, I just... Maybe a little harsh, but it just makes me you're this, makes me think that like you're the scum of the earth type of person. Yeah, I don't think Russ is even the scum of the earth. I really don't. I think that he just... I don't know. TJ unplugged his mic. <laughs> you're just struggling. I really am. I'm back. Okay. I just, <laughs> I, uh, so sometimes when I, full disclosure, sometimes when we sit for a long time, I, I will randomly stand up for like five minutes of the episode. So I adjust my mic. When I adjust my mic, my, my mic came unplugged. I'm so sorry. Um, I apologize. But no, I don't think he's just coming to the earth. I think that he just has his priorities out of sort. Obviously. Like he really just wants his sons to like enjoy the same things he does, which ah, I get it as a father, <sighs> which is kind of why I almost wish, and when we have kids, that's why I really want daughters because like, I don't want to be that dad that's like, 
okay, like I've got a son, so like I want him to be like the best football player ever and the best singer ever and the like best the, piano player the ever. Dad like, kept referencing the fact that he was on the football team and he was a captain of the football team and he lifted weights and he was able to throw the ball further and faster and harder because he lifted all these weights and was like, yeah, he was he was small like his son was, but he was still able to like. He still made the team. He still made the team. But and you he find out he didn't good. get covered the team though. He quit. The son quit because son he quit. didn't want to do it. Exactly. And it's like, why are we forcing people to do things that make them miserable? And I, I understand that are, there are some things that are going to make us miserable yeah. that we have to push through and do because it's just life. But I think when it comes to things like sports that are optional, like as a parent, you literally have to pay for your kid to do a sport. If yeah. your kid is miserable and so unhappy and doesn't want to do it, save your money, yeah, save sure. their happiness, and let them do something else. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I think, don't know. I, no, I agree. I think that, um, and we'll have to struggle with this when we have kids, um, I think that you have to like ride that fine line between like, you want to quit the team. Why do you want to quit the team? Or you want to quit the team because it's hard? No, you're not going to quit the team. Don't be a quitter. But do you want to quit the team because you genuinely don't enjoy it? Like, like, okay, you're telling me you don't want to do this because it literally doesn't bring you joy and happiness and you would rather do something else? That's fine. Let's, you know what? Finish out. But here's what I would do. Finish well, out this season because you made a commitment to your teammates. You're not going to give up on your team. Right, 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 but right. But here's my thing. If you, I think there's, and I think there's a difference too in like, I just feel like maybe because it's coming from this era era that maybe Russ's dad forced him to do football. A thousand percent. And like maybe yeah. because Russ's dad didn't get to live out his dream, he lived out his own dreams in Russ. And now Russ is doing that to other like his son Russ. And, like, that's kind of a cycle that needs to be broken. And maybe that's what Russ was doing is breaking the cycle. Yeah. Very, very true. And then um, a big Russ did redeem himself, like we've said. He, oh, yeah. He, he did at he, the end. He got better. And, he, and then the, the, both families are happy. But, yeah, no, I with, with the whole Thanksgiving thing at the end, like, they, like, both dads are, like, way more present. And, like, both families are much happier. Um, which is also typical of the 80s and 90s movies. It's, like, problems, problems, problems. Problem solved. One big happy family. Like that's like the the motif. But I like it. It's kind of nice um, to have movies in that way. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think that Big Russ is trying to get his his kids to live out like his almost his unfulfilled dreams. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, I, I mean, to be real, like we're we're probably gonna struggle with that because like I'm sure a lot of people and parents do struggle with that. Obviously, can't relate at this moment in time because not a mom of a human child but i can see it being a very relatable thing yeah like you know well, well think about this if we have let's say we have two kids right let's say we have a boy and a girl which fingers crossed is what we want hopefully we get a boy and a girl what happens if the girl shows any passing interest in cheerleading it's gonna be hard for you not to like not to push you know um, and then, cause that was something that you were like super, super good at and you're yeah. super, you've coached it. Like not only like you've literally coached it, like you've yeah, done coached it. I've done it. I did it on all different types of levels from like a peewee level to a like middle and high school level and all-star level of collegiate level. I've performed and participated at any and all levels that you possibly could. Yeah. And so like... And it was even, I'll say, this is even, like, maybe a struggle. 
I'm not saying it was a struggle, but I could see it being a struggle Yeah. for people, even like my parents and my sister, because my sister also... She also cheered. She also cheered. And she's even now like thinking about... She goes to... And she was good too. Um, a school, a college here in town, and she's thinking about trying out. And I just think it's probably hard to like... No, I just think to not compare us and where our levels, you know, like our, yeah. our abilities are different and our, what we're, our strengths are different. And so our success levels are not necessarily the same. And so I think it's hard to compare us and it might even be hard to cheer us on because it's, I could see it being an issue where it's like, oh, but you're not as good as it's not, you're not as good as your sister yeah. or oof, you know, you're actually way better than your sister ever was. Like I could see it being like, yeah, I'm not saying that that's an actual, no, 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 but I'm, I'm your saying not like, like that, but the tension, I could see that the tension, tension being there. Yeah. Being there. And yeah. even like as a parent being like, oh, I have two children that are similar yeah. in sports doing similar things. And yeah. like, how do I not compare them? How do I not? You know yeah. what I mean? No, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it, it's one of those, it's, it's a stress and pressure that comes with, with having siblings. And then like, I even think about like, if we, when we have kids, whether they be boys or whether they be girls, like, and you're gonna have to help me with this. Like, God forbid they show any interest in music, like, like, or football, if it's a boy. Um, fun fact about me, I actually was really good at football. I never actually played, I played tackle for like one year, but like I played flag football for 10 years of my life and I ended up having to quit because I suffered a very bad head injury. Like very, very I made bad. him quit. She made me quit. He I even played at, like as an adult. Someone, okay, in flag football, flag football, you're not supposed to tackle people or touch people. You're just supposed to grab their flags. Yeah, I played like someone, high, I played high level flag football, like, like, perf, like, you don't the, say you're professional. You I are not a professional, professional but I played like player. high level adult fo- flag football. Someone elbowed him in the head and cracked his head open. Like bad, like, How like 18 stitches? stitches bad, 22 stitches bad. Like, like it split from like the front of my skull all the way to like the midway through my head. Like, yeah, this is flag football and you're, el- you're throwing your elbows. And I suffered a really bad concussion because of concussion it. Concussion and stitches. Like what the frick is wrong with and people? And the doctor told me that I was 25 at the time. The doctor told me, he said, because I it's on my chart. I've had two other concussions. Um, one from getting hit in the head with a baseball bat, which is a different story, and um, and then another from just football. And he told me he said, "Listen, a lot of professional athletes suffer a lot of concussions." He's like, "You have three. He said, "Are you pursuing a career in professional sports?" I said, "No." He said, "You should possibly think about <laughs> maybe playing flag football with your friends at the beach and uh, not doing it competitively anymore." And so I talked to him yeah. about it, and I, I said, "Absolutely not. You're done." I've, I've played like church stuff, church. Oh leagues, yeah, church tournaments and like where you know people I play with youth are going to be youth students now, and I'm freaking intense because I'm. TJ's intense with everything he does, which makes me really nervous because (laughs) even with things that I do that are like, obviously we both sing and he's like, he just, whenever we do something similar, he's very intense about it. And it just makes me worried for everyone around. I have a hard time. um, (laughs) He just expects other people to do and treat like. I expect people to come with my same level of preparation and same level of preparation, intensity, talent. Yeah. And that's just not real life. It's not. It's something we're working on. It's something we are working on. I think I'm getting better. I would say you're definitely getting better. I'm getting better. For sure. It just is honestly, and even for me, when it comes to working or almost the same, I would say 
preparation, intensity, and talent in different aspects of life. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily with, like, singing or worship, but with other areas. Um, It's really hard to not expect other people to perform at the level that you can perform at and to do the things that you can do. And you have to learn that everyone is, like, wired differently and created differently, so they're not going to perform the tasks that you perform the same way that you perform them. A thousand percent. And uh, that takes me back to what we were talking about before with, um, with like, if we have a kid that's good at cheerleading or... or um, with, music or... Well, I just thought about this. What if we have a kid, right, that's really good at music, but it's like the trombone? Do you laugh? Can't like, relate. Well, no, what if it's like they're like Louis Armstrong level, like trumpet player? Like, it's like... Well, I will find to, them a good teacher because none no, of us I can play what, the trumpet. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll have to, like, I'll have to wrestle with the fact, like, what about the piano? Because, like, I mean, I don't know if I've said this before, but, like, I mean, obviously we've talked about TJ's me being like a musician. classically trained to play the piano. I'm, I'm a, piano is, like, my thing. Like, I love sports. I love singing. But, like, if you told me you can only do one thing for the rest of your life... I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'd pick singing over playing the piano. But like, I think if I if you say you can only play one instrument for the rest of your life, it would be the piano. And I um, I love it so much. It brings me so much peace, so much joy. I've done it since I was eight years old. I've done it my whole life. Yeah. And so if we had a kid and they wanted to do music, I'd be like, okay, cool, let's learn the piano. And if they, uh, but then like, as attention as a parent, like, what if they're like, I don't want to do the piano, but I want to play, I want to play the violin. It's like, well, I that's totally say, outside of the box of I like, I played the violin. I was not good at it. I quit. <laughs> Fun fact: I actually quit from. I didn't know this. Is I'm learning something about my wife right now. This moment, <laughs> I never freaking knew. I feel like I've definitely told you I've played the violin before. I don't think you have. I mean, I played like, in like continue. you know how like in elementary school they give you an option. Oh, do you want to play a band instrument or an orchestra corny. instrument? It's like playing the recorder. Oh no, it's different. <laughs> it is so different than playing the recorder. We had like shows and things. I know. I'm just kidding. But. I remember I quit. I didn't tell my parents I quit. <laughs> That's on brand for you. <laughs> I just like... You're like a professional quitter. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm not a professional quitter. <laughs> but no, she's not. She's not. My parents are just the type of parents that they're so loving and caring and kind. They so are. And you just don't want to disappoint them. And I, I didn't know. want to disappoint them by telling them that I quit. I know. So I quit at school, but then... My orchestra teacher was just smarter than I was in sixth grade, and I told him I quit, but he still told my mom that there is a, like a, not a recital, but almost like a, a concert, but... So she came to the concert. And you weren't there. <laughs> and I didn't play. Or maybe I played and like fake played. I really have no idea. I don't really remember this very this well. But I don't remember the point of the story. No, you may not. But I actually want to uh, highlight you on something. Um, music is something that Courtney and I both share and that we both love. But I actually want to give her a shout out like to our listeners. Um, music is something that comes really easy to me. It does not come easy it to me. It does not come easy to Courtney. She has to work really hard at it, I but she loves hard. it. Like, like like singing was something that she's worked so hard on. It's so funny. She's like, over the last year, she's become like this just really, really just pretty, beautiful vocalist. And um, she's always been good, but she'd have like her highs and lows. But like I'd say over the last year, she's hit like her stride where it's like pretty much any song she like leads at church or if we're singing at home, like she can like, she can figure it out. She's got it down. But like, it's, it's crazy because 
people don't understand like when we sing on Sundays or even when we sing like around the house and stuff like they don't understand the work that she puts into it and uh, I appreciate that about you I appreciate that you you married someone who's like this musical like I'm just well I'll even say this like not only you but like probably the only other the people the only other people like outside of you to encourage me in singing was actually my parents like I remember singing in the car as a kid and my dad saying like Courtney, you're actually a really good singer. Like you, this is something you should like thinking about do. Like you should think about doing. Like sing at church, sing where you can. Yeah. And like, but the other people in my life, which is kind of like looking back at, kind of like, it almost makes me disappointed in this in the sense that like I put more emphasis on people that maybe weren't as important in my life, like my. People I was friends were, yeah. with, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would tell me that yeah. I wasn't as good at singing, but it's like the people that mattered most were encouraging in the ways that they needed to be. And I should have like listened to that, but instead I listened to the outside voices and I let that kind of dictate my path and my confidence in that. Which I want to make a point with this and I don't want you to get upset because of it, but could you imagine if you would have like listened to your parents and started singing at a really young age? Versus well, I will say you were like, because you didn't start actually like singing in front of people until you were like early 20s, like 19 or 20. I mean, I was in like chorus and stuff. Yeah, but like I'm talking. But like, I was, I didn't even. It's different. I didn't do like solos right, and chorus right, 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 or like at right, chorus right. concerts. I was always like, I mean, like I knew my parts and sometimes it was a struggle to know my parts because yeah. I was always. Yeah. Soprano and soprano parts are hard. Yeah, you have a high voice. But, but I want to shout out two people out really quick. You talk about people that support you. There were two other people that weren't family or your husband that, that said you could do it at the very beginning. Uh, I mean, I'm not... They were, no, it was a celebration. And these two people, I think, okay, are instru- instrumental. Jaina and Lena, when you when you auditioned. Because you auditioned the first time. And I wouldn't say me auditioning was like the start of me singing. No, 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 no. I'm just that's saying. What, I feel like that's what you're saying and that's not no, true. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like when it comes to like when you started doing worship music, okay. like it was like that second wave of like people yeah. that, you know, supported and believed that you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. I'm not saying that that's not true. What age did you start doing chorus at? No, I like in literally elementary school, I was singing chorus. Really? I did. I did it in elementary and middle school. I did chorus and... Um, I just didn't do it in high school I because... Always, I always got stuck at the back row. And then I'll never forget in elementary school, I had to play the recorder. We learned uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb. It always reminds me of that South Park episode um, where they all play. And they learned the no and everyone note. poops? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Is there anything else we need to say about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. What's your favorite song? There was no songs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was. I didn't hear them because this movie was so. I there was so disengaged there was and disconnected. No songs. It was just a soundtrack. Um, How do you rate this movie? Over underrated. I would say it's probably adequately rated. I don't. I mean, I feel like that people like it. I feel like it's nostalgic, but I don't feel like it gets a lot of rage. Out of a ten, how do you rate this movie? Uh, six. A six. <laughs> uh, okay, five. I'll give it five. I would say no one talks about this movie. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> I'd give it a solid three or four. We could do what's the theme from this movie to apply to your life. I think we've talked life. too we've much about that. We've covered that. Um, I don't know if we ate or drank anything during this movie either, though. We made we made cocktails. I made um, um, I just drank whiskey on ice the whole movie. And you, I had, you had oh, I made you. Th- 
I had the blue raspberry. Blue raspberry moonshine with yeah. Sprite. Yeah. Love moonshine. I'll give you a plug from this. I think that a uh, theme from this movie that you can take home with you is that even if you feel small, don't give up. <laughs> yeah, that's basic. I know. But I did it. Nah, we've already talked about a lot of themes. Um, I feel like we've barely talked about the actual movie. We haven't, but this has been really it's good. Fine. We've had some really good discussions. Um, we've talked, I, we've talked yeah. about some really cool things. I really like that. Hey, pull out your planner real quick, and let's talk about what we got going on the rest of the month. I wasn't done saying what I was oh, saying. Oh, let's continue. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Yeah, just talk over me. This I, happens a lot where TJ talks a lot, and I don't talk a lot, so he just keeps going and thinks that I don't have anything to say, and I actually do have things to say. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. It's not my fault that you don't raise your voice. I try. Sometimes you're just... I don't know. You can always ask me to stop talking. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm not rude. I'm not going to interrupt anyone. I just let them finish what they're saying, and then I'm like, There's a phrase my dad used to say, and it applies to my life every single day. I can't win for losing. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) My dad Um, does a lot of things that I actually really appreciate. Okay. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. I know. I'm just having a moment right now. You are. You can have a moment later. But Hey, what are we talking um, about the rest of this? uh, I wasn't even done. I didn't even actually say what I wanted to say. Oh, continue. And well, now I don't remember. What's you just taking you so me. long? Jeez. I'm going to break <laughs> out. <laughs> it's my mic stand. I thought it was the cat it's meowing. Was no, he's crazy. asleep somewhere. Okay. I'm going to mix it up. Next week, we're doing Tarzan. I like it. I love Tarzan. I'm going to cry a lot. I Fun fact. think the soundtrack is really good. Don't remember seeing the movie. I don't know if I like the movie. That's the last movie my mom and I watched together. Okay. Um, after Tarzan, we can talk about that more next week when we talk about Tarzan. That's fine. After Tarzan, we're going to talk about The Good Dinosaur. Love it. And then at the end of the month, we're doing Meet the Robinsons with our good friend, John. John Darnell. Darnell. Yeah, I'm excited. He's gonna be so great. He's a he's a, a parks lover and a uh, Disney movie lover, so I feel yeah. like it's gonna be a lot of good conversation. It's gonna be great. I will warn you guys, that's gonna be a longer episode. Um, most guest episodes are longer. This one's gonna be a long one too, which is fine. Um, but it's gonna be worth it. He's such a wise, insightful. He's very person. wise. He's so insightful. He has he brings a lot of good perspectives. I feel like he's um, kind of had a unique journey and a unique story that relates to Meet the Robinsons a lot. Yes. And so I think it'll bring a lot of good conversation and a good... Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And he's one of those people that, um... I don't know, like, his voice, he's a good singer, too, and, like, just, like, listening to him talk, like, you could just listen to him all day long. Like, mm-hmm. his speaking voice is really good. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts about the movie? No. No. I probably will not rewatch this movie. Oh, we're watching it again tonight. I will sleep in the guest room. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to us ramble about all kinds all of All the stuff. random things. Um, we can't see it. We can't wait next <laughs> week for uh, Tarzan. I'm excited. to. Uh, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. It's going to it's gonna be hard, but we're going to watch it. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Um, where can they reach us at if they want to talk you to us? You can find us on Instagram at wishuponasparks or you can email us at wishuponasparks at gmail.com. One of these days I'll start posting TikToks, but if you want to follow us on TikTok, we're also at wishuponasparks. Follow us and she'll start posting. I promise. Um, One of these days. Thanks. Life is wild right now. But. Life is wild right now. Um, we appreciate you. We love you. You're amazing. Um, we hope you have a great rest of your week and we can't wait to see you next week for Tarzan. Happy Magical Monday. Bye, friends. Bye.